By downloading or listening to this podcast, you are agreeing to Moody's legal terms and conditions found at moody's.com slash disclaimer, including that the information provided is not investment or financial advice, and that Moody's will not be liable for losses arising from your use of the information. I'm Danielle Lee, host of Moody's Talks, Focus on Finance. And I'm Aaron Johnson, host of Securitization Spotlight. And we have a special joint episode today on the impact of China's reopening on residential mortgage-backed securities in China and on banks in the broader Asia-Pacific region. Joining us from Hong Kong, SAR China, is Jerome Chang of Moody's Structured Finance Group to talk about the impact of China's reopening on China's residential mortgage-backed securities, or RMBS. And we're also going to be talking with Tang Fu Li of Moody's banking team in Singapore about how China's reopening will impact banks in the region. Tang Fu, maybe you could give a little background on how China's reopening is changing the macroeconomic picture for China and for neighboring countries and trading partners in Asia Pacific. Sure, Danielle. Now that COVID lockdowns are officially over and economic activity has been picking up in China, Moody's forecast is for China's GDP to increase by 5% this year, up from 3% last year. Trade and travel have also picked up between China and other economies in the region that have significant trade or tourism ties to China, like Hong Kong, Macau, SAR China, and Thailand. Now, Jerome, can you talk a little bit about how that broader economic improvement will affect securitization a little bit? Yeah, sure. Uh, well, maybe we can take a step back. Before I talk about the effect of the reopening, it may help us to know a little bit about how the pandemic slowed the economy. In 2022, COVID-19-related disruption pushed up China's unemployment rate before it declines to 5.5% at the end of the year. Job losses and weak business performance because of the COVID-19 lockdowns also constrained income growth. Now, how did that economic deterioration affect RMBS performance, for example? Well, for RMBS delinquency rate, it did take a little bit higher because of the slowdown and also COVID-19 disruption. And also because of property sector stress in China over the past year, but the increase was very slight and starting from a very low baseline. This is because of the strong credit characteristics of the RMBS portfolios. These include low loan-to-value ratios of around 50% on average and also high geographical diversification of the loans. So a slight increase in delinquency rates and from a very low level at that because of that strong credit quality. Do you expect the pickup in economic growth to reverse that increase in delinquencies? Well, as the economy rebounds, it is going to stabilize employment and also raise household income growth. These will improve mortgage borrowers' ability to repay debt. So this will keep delinquency and default rate low in RMBS portfolios. Also, China monetary policy will remain accommodative to support the economy in 2023. This will mean that mortgage interest rate will remain at the current low level and may even further 
decline slightly. Low interest rate will help mortgage borrowers by reducing their debt burden, lowering the monthly installment amount. So this will keep delinquency and default rate at a low level. Right. So those are fairly positive signs for RMBS. Tengfu, how will the pickup in economic growth and consumer demand in China affect banks in the region? China's reopening and pickup in economic growth are mainly going to benefit the banking system of a few economies that have close ties with China, either because of shared borders or tourism. The four banking systems I'm thinking of are those in Hong Kong, Macau, Mongolia, and Thailand. Also, some multinational banks such as HSBC, Standard Chartered, and the three largest banks in Singapore that do a large amount of business in Hong Kong or China will also benefit. And how will the credit impact, you know, the benefit be felt through which channels? The main impact is going to be on asset quality. You know, the performance of loans will be better if economic growth is stronger. So, for example, you will see slower growth of non-performing loans in Hong Kong and Mongolia. In Thailand and Macau, the return of tourists from China is going to be a big help to businesses there that depend on tourists for revenue. And that extra revenue will make it easier for those businesses as well as the owners and employees to repay their bank loans. Also, the Hong Kong banks will benefit from a rebound in fee income from wealth management services as Chinese investors return to purchase investment and insurance products. Now, what about the rest of the banking systems in the Asia-Pacific region beyond those four that you just mentioned? Well, benefits will be smaller for the rest of banking system in Asia-Pacific, and that's for two reasons. First, China's economic recovery will be led by domestically-oriented services and consumption this year, so that won't have that big an impact beyond those banking systems I mentioned earlier. Secondly, because the global economic slowdown, as well as the elevated inflation and higher interest rate in most Asia-Pacific economies, will also have a big effect. That means growth across Asia-Pacific, except for Hong Kong, Macau, and Thailand, is going to slow a bit. Interesting. So in other economies in Asia-Pacific, you're saying those countervailing forces of higher inflation and effects from a global economic slowdown will loom pretty large. Now, one thing we haven't talked about yet is China's property sector which is a strong driver for both RMBS issuance and performance, and also for banks' asset quality. Jerome, how did China's property market difficulties over the last year or so affect RMBS issuance, and what's the forecast for issuance now? For RMBS issuance, it actually declined very substantially in 2022. This is because of the property market slowdown and also low growth in mortgage originations. In terms of future growth, I should explain that China RMBS only fund around 3% of the country's total residential mortgage balance. This is much smaller than the shares in those in the US and Europe. This leaves a lot of potential for the RMBS sector in China to grow. 
Now, Jerome, what would you say has to happen for RMBS issuance to rebound or even grow further? Well, we expect Chinese RMBS issuance will gradually rebound, but only after there is a meaningful recovery in the property sales and also demand for mortgage lending increases. We expect that measures to support property demand, together with the removal of COVID-19 restrictions, will support a gradual recovery in nationwide sales. So we're thinking more of a U-shaped recovery than a V-shaped recovery. Yeah, that's correct. Okay, so Tingfu, I think loans backed by Chinese properties are a pretty big share of the loan portfolios of some banks in Hong Kong, right? What are the risks there and what are you projecting in terms of loan performance this year? Hong Kong banks do have a significant part of their loan books that are exposed to mainland China. Now, out of those exposure to borrowers in mainland China, we estimate that Hong Kong banks' exposures to real estate companies account for around 30% of total gross loans. Regarding risks, even with the measures to support property demand, I would say that in the near future, China's property sector will continue to pose risks given uncertainty relating to a large number of unfinished projects and also because demand for property is still subdued. I see. So in summary, a gradual recovery in property demand over the longer term, but the risks from that sector are still present for the near term. Tangfu, Jerome, and Aaron, thank you all for joining and thank you to our listeners for tuning in. To dive deeper into the topics covered in this episode, you can click on the show notes at moody's.com slash podcasts. And if you're listening to us on your favorite streaming platform, please remember to follow or subscribe. And please tune in again soon for future episodes of Securitization Spotlight and Focus on Finance, as well as other Moody's Talks podcasts. Thanks for listening to this Moody's Talks podcast. To find out more about the topics discussed, please follow the links in the show notes. You can check out other Moody's Talks podcasts by visiting moody's.com slash podcasts.